Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths. And today we are talking about how a social seller sales team can rapidly grow your business with my guest sales expert, Ryan Dowdy. Now, Ryan helps seven and eight-figure CEOs generate daily sales. She says daily, and I believe her, on demand without more of their time by building training, building and training high-performing sales team. Now, she is passionate about helping successful business owners take back control of the revenue in their business, take back their time and their freedom by building a profitable sales team. And with her partner, Kelly Rose, Kelly Roach, who's her business partner. By the way, Kelly has been on this podcast as well. It's a long time ago. Need to get her back. She's terrific. So these two women have got to be absolutely rock stars when they're together, but they together are on a mission to free CEOs from the role of salesperson in their business. Honestly, when you hear that word salesperson, you either go, oh my God, or you're like, hey, I understand it. We're going to talk about those two kind of knee-jerk reactions. So before starting her own business, Ryan spent 15 years in the corporate world building multi-million dollar sales organizations or startups in the digital marketing and advertising space. And her first crack at entrepreneurship was Uncensored Consulting. I love that name, by the way, where she helped hundreds of women get their first clients, leave their day jobs, and take back control of their lives. And by teaching tried and true sales strategies that are not dependent on social media or trendy tactics, we're all aware of those, she focuses Mm -hmm. on the art of building. They drive me crazy. She focuses on the art of building relationships and human-to-human connection. Ryan, welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I am really excited to have you here today. Thank you so much, Denise. I'm excited to be here and to have this conversation. I think it's an important conversation. Listen, sales is one of those kind – for me, it's like – if somebody says, you want to get married? Oh, God, no. We want to hear the word sales. <laughs> it's that kind of, oh, my God, no. We have that same reaction. Mm-hmm. Although, I have to share this with you. I was young. I was probably late teens, early 20s, and I was talking to somebody, I believe, in a hardware store somewhere. And I remember this tiny little farmer. He was probably... At that age, you don't know how old people are, but he was fairly elderly. And he walked up to me and just without any further ado said, honey, you are one of the best natural salespeople I've ever met. I wanted to cry. I was so insulted. (laughs) (laughs) And then later, much later, I went, oh. And of course, I don't know who he is or was. I'm sure he's not still living. I owe this man an apology, and I have to tell you, Ryan, he he pops into my head regularly because I didn't know what I didn't know. I know. Isn't that crazy? Sure. That is. It's fine. But you're not the only person that has that same reaction. I mean, there's a lot of people that would be offended by that. Well, I was young and stupid. That's my only (laughs) – let's get that out of there. I'm not all that young, not all that stupid, but – Boy, I, I feel I still feel bad about it. It's like I just looked at him like he was, like he'd set my truck on fire. It hurt my feelings. It really did. But he was right, and I just I owe him such a, a debt of gratitude for finally, you know, getting into my head enough to go, oh, oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about why sales, whether you call it sales or whether you call it conversation or whatever you're going to term it, we're all in sales, right? Watch a Mm three-year-old. How often do they lose their argument? Next to never. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and they are the best negotiators I know. I know. (laughs) I was splitting the difference there. So let Mm -hmm. me shut up and you go because you've got so much to share, and I don't want to get in the way. No, I I love this, and I I think that's a perfect place to start, Denise, is this idea that, like, Sales is a dirty word, and um, 
what I am really and Kelly and I together are on a mission to do is just to change the the profession as a whole, right? Like, yeah, there's it's kind of like saying, and this is a little controversial, but like saying all you know all professional athletes use steroids, right? Like some of them right. do totally, right? But not every single one. It's kind of the same idea, right? Some salespeople are pushy. They are obnoxious. They are, you know, they won't take no for an answer. They want to talk over you. They would rather hear their own voice than yours. 100% that happens. But that doesn't mean that sales as a profession is a bad profession. It's the same thing with professional athletes, right? Some of them use, some of them use illegal, you know, steroids, but not all of them do. So not all professional athletes are bad people um, or, you know, drug abusers or whatever. That's just the nature of it. So that was just the example that comes to mind. But you can't find a movie where the salesperson is portrayed in a positive light, right? Like you can't find a, you know, a meme on social media that has nice things to say about salespeople. And so whenever we talk about sales, everyone's like, oh, no, that's, that's not what I want to be associated with. But what you just said about we're all in sales. And I don't care if you actively sell anything or not. You are in sales, right? So even if your role in an organization is as a leader or a manager, right, you still have to sell your people every single day on the work that they do. You know, I even go back to the idea of if you've been on a date or you've been married, you've sold yourself exactly. to in some capacity. You put on your makeup, you so, go outside, you are selling your personality and convincing people that you're stunning. Come on. Yes. I mean, Absolutely. think about it. No, you're, you're 100% right. And so that's kind of the, the mission that we want to do is, is really bring the, the human-to-human connection, the compassion back into sales for business owners and salespeople alike, right, where we are done with the old-school tactics of let's paint somebody into a corner and manipulate their words and make it so they can't say no and make them feel ridiculous and all the other stuff that we've all been taught over the years, you know, about how to ask the exact right question at the exact right time to be guaranteed a yes. And, like, that doesn't feel good for anyone. So let's just stop doing that. And let's leverage the tools that we are so blessed to have access to through social media to actually go out and meet people and build relationships and solve problems, which is all sales really is anyway, right? I always say that as salespeople, we are problem solvers. And, you know, depending on what problem you solve depends on how much you're going to get paid for, you know, whatever it is that you do. And, you know, the, the perception of that problem for the person that you are actively selling to. So that's really our mission is let's go, let's go, let's take all of the manipulation and the high pressure and all of that out of sales. And let's just go talk to humans. Let's go solve problems. Let's build relationships. Let's go engage with people and and take away all of that stigma. And when you start doing that, you'll find that your sales success will go through the roof because nobody wants to be sold to, but everybody wants to buy, right? Nobody wants a salesperson in their inbox, but they want, you know, they want their problem solved. So how do we show up in a way that is genuine and from the heart and of service so that we can um, you know, grow our business. And again, I, I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a salesperson or, or whatever it is. So that's, that's kind of my, my positioning on, on sales in general, um, but specifically leveraging social media as a sales tool, because people will argue, some will say that social media is the best thing that ever happened to sales. Some people will say that it's not. Uh, Kelly and I are in the camp that it, it is, a, it's an amazing tool. You now have access to more people and more information than you ever did before, which arms the salesperson with more information, but also arms the buyer with significantly more information as well. And, you know, that's, that's where the real magic happens is like we're all well-informed, right? We all have access to all of our different information and solutions and options, and we can feel really good about the decisions that we make and the relationships that we build because we have access to so much information. Exactly. And you know what I notice about really good salespeople? There's a couple of things. Number one, they're drawing deep on empathy. They're actually listening. And another thing is they're probably shutting up and they're going to let you make yep. your decision. Yep. And I have come across salespeople. There, there was one person in particular that I used to know. I think he's, he's passed away by now. If anybody saw him coming into a building, everybody just went, oh, God, because he never stopped. He never stopped. And I remember thinking, oh, man, I wish you would just listen to yourself or better yet, open your eyes and look at the faces around you. But he, he couldn't bless his heart. 
But it was a lesson yeah. for and me that, when to shut up. Sure. You know, I was like, okay, I'm learning here. Isn't that true? And it's true. It's people, like, we think of salespeople as like people who are really chatty. And I'm like, actually, no, it's about being a really good listener, right? It's about, like you said, being able to share that empathy um, and, you know, build, build that connection. But one of the, the kind of, when Kelly and I launched and, and kind of the topic of our, our conversation today is, you know, through having a social sales team, there's this epidemic happening in online entrepreneurship where people have been, you know, not been taught to have sales teams. And it's really wild and it's really interesting. And I have no idea why, but, you know, so many people, it was like, you know, you can build a business and all you need to do is, you know, have your fancy marketing funnel and run a bunch of ads through it and you'll make money. And that has worked for years now, right? It has worked. There are a lot of very successful, very affluent, um, you know, online entrepreneurs who have survived without a sales team. But what I feel and what we see is happening and the reason that we rolled out Social Sellers Academy Specifically, Denise, is because today's consumer, again, has wised up to that, right? They don't want to be in your funnel. They don't want to sit on your pre-recorded webinar that's presented to, you know, look live and, you know, feel like they're one of millions of people, right? People, like our number one need as humans is we want to be seen and heard and understood. And so what we're really doing right now in, in true Kelly Roach fashion is, is disrupting an industry where sales was not something that online entrepreneurs had and really showing like, no, actually, like having a sales team will not only expedite your growth for you, the business owner, it gives you back all the time and freedom that you ever wanted when you started an entrepreneur because you're not the one responsible for revenue growth in the business. You're not the only person who can take a sales call, right? You're not the only person who can, you know, connect with new potential buyers um, on social media or all these other places. And so we're really, you know, in, in seeing this turn of today's consumers saying, I want human-to-human connection, and we're trying to help all these online entrepreneurs who have been stuck in this automation, you know, hamster wheel, really swing that pendulum back to what your, what your audiences want, right, what your Instagram followers want, your Facebook group members want, what your LinkedIn connections want is true connection. They don't want to get an email that millions of people have gotten. Right. Or go on one of those prefab webinars where you know there's going to be two or three or eight sales pitches. You know, while you're talking, um, this popped into my head because, you know, you're talking about a lot of people who have, you know, they're big, big on, I'm thinking of B-School, to be honest with you, Marie Forleo, B-School. She and a lot of other people really, their sales team, as far as I can tell, and I could be way off, are their affiliates. I mean, yep. their affiliates just go twice a year. You're like, oh, there it is. Here, they, You know they're coming. But they're good because they get out there and they sell the heck out of B-School or Amy Porterfield's, whatever, whoever it is. There's, there's yep. a group of about 10 that I watch and I'm like, oh, it must be June. <laughs> I know what time they're going right. to show right. up. But they do a great job. So do you consider them to be at least a part of a sales team? You know, I, you know, to, I me, to like, me, like, again, that falls under the marketing umbrella. Gotcha. That is still, you know, it's still an automated webinar. You're still never going to get to have a conversation with Marie Forleo or Amy Porterfield or no. anyone else on a team. Like, you're still going to be taken through some level of automation. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great strategy. It works. Like I said, those people are making a lot of money. But I would be really curious, and I know what we've seen from the businesses we have eyeballs on, is the conversion rates continue to drop, right? It used to be, you know, however many years ago, you could convert, you know, 6 or 7%, and then the number was 5%. Now it's, and now you're lucky if you get a 1% or 2% conversion rate um, out of a webinar like that. So, you know, I think the reason that the affiliates do such a big job and they go so hard is because they've got to have so many people to yield the dollars. Right, because that the conversion sense. rates are so low. So I think that, and like I said, I, I'm not faulting anyone. Like I want to, I want to say this. I think this is important. While I don't love that strategy, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? Like I mean, Marie Forleo can laugh her way to the bank, um, you know, and, and all this other stuff. But for me, my thought is, what about those other 99%? Like those other people likely had the problem that Marie Forleo solves, but they mm-hmm. were not prepared to buy because they didn't feel seen, heard, and understood. So as far as I'm concerned, is it's a missed opportunity, right? If you're a brand new baby entrepreneur and you know nothing about business 
all you want is somebody to be like, you know, because we all feel like our situation is different, right, Denise? Like, oh, no, no, mine's different. My business is different. I'm different. My circumstances are different. My life is different. My, you know, we, we all feel that way. And when we don't have that human-to-human connection, it's very easy to say, hey, Marie, I loved your presentation. It was super smart. I think you're amazing. But I don't really think that you get me, so I'm not going to buy. And hmm. my thought process is, is if we put a person in that sales process, to have that conversation with that person and say, oh, we do get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had a lot because it's, it's just impossible. And, again, I'm not picking on Marie Forleo. Nobody, like, goes to her no, no, no. and be like, this girl just tore you apart on the Internet. That's not the point No. Um, and I have to tell you, I've invested with both of these, these gals. They do tremendous mm-hmm. work. It's just that I watch yeah. their affiliates and go, God, leave me alone. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I'm already there. I've already and, and, done it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so for me, where, where my thought process is, is not that it doesn't work. It's imagine how much higher the conversion rate could be if we actually gave people a human to talk to, to interact with, to feel seen, heard, and understood. And that's yeah. really the, the tide we're trying to turn is what happens when we take your 1% conversion rate to a 4% conversion rate by having a team of 10 sales reps who are actually out there interacting in your Facebook group, having conversations with people, you know, knowing them by name, being able to handle their objection personally, like imagine how much higher that conversion rate would be. And that's really kind of the shift that we're looking to make for these business owners. You know, there's people out there, Denise, that have 70,000 Instagram followers, but we're not talking to them, you know, and, and the algorithm is always going to keep you from reaching all of them. So it doesn't matter how many of them pushed follow, the algorithm is always going to make it so a very small percentage can see them, can see what you're pushing out because they want you to invest in advertising. But imagine if you actually just had a human that was like, hey, Denise, thank you so much for being part of this community. Like, we just love serving. Um, you know, this can, we just love serving the people in our community. What's going on in your world? What resources can I help you find? How can we better support you? What sort of questions that you have that we can answer in our, na- in our next Facebook Live? Like imagine how much stickier the relationships would be and how much better the relationships would be, and then ultimately for the, the business owner, how much higher your conversion rates would be if we were actually talking to people instead of being like, well, there's 70,000 of them, and Instagram's going to make sure that at least 5% of them see this next story I push out. Right? So for me, it's not, it's not an either or, it's an and. Right? Keep doing what you're doing and add in this human-to-human element and watch your numbers go through the roof. And I completely understand what you're saying. I actually love that because, honestly, you'll look at something or you'll be in a Facebook group and there's nobody actually responding. Questions get right. at. And I belong in a couple of groups that I may have shared this with you during our pre-interview. I'm so appalled. Mm-hmm by some of the questions and answers that are being bandied around in there, mm-hmm. not by admins, not by a, a sales team, but by each other. And I honestly, right, I will never need a facelift. I'll read some of these things and my <laughs> eyebrows hit my hairline and I look permanently surprised. <laughs> like I just had a really bad facelift. It's like, you what? You've been in this industry for, oh, a minute and a half. What the heck are you saying, and why are people buying this? And these mm-hmm. two groups in particular, I hope they're listening, and I'm not going to say what kind of groups they are, but they need exactly what you're talking about as a sales team because one mm-hmm. of these groups is big, but it's running yeah. amok. It's running amok, and I'm actually fixing to leave it because there's just so much garbage information mm-hmm. being you know, given away in there. And that's a shame because I think what they they had was terrific, but they're missing that component that you're talking about, and it's probably not mm-hmm. going to end well down the road, which is a shame. I'm, I'm really sorry for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not to mention, and again, you know, the, the time, effort, energy, and money that probably went into building that community that now feels out of control, right? It now feels out of yep. control because we haven't had a, a person in there. And then, yeah, I mean, we're seeing it left and right. People are shutting down communities because they can't get their arms around them. But if they would just, again, put some people in there to actually go out and talk to the people and serve the people and, and you know, position whomever the leader of the community is as an authority, as a thought leader, you know, and A, that we could maintain the integrity of the group and B, ultimately increase revenue. And like there's this, this whole thing out there again in, in entrepreneur land and it's like the size of your audience. And 
I will tell you when I launched my first business before we launched Social Sellers Academy, I mean, I was running a you know, multiple six-figure business with an extremely small audience. And the reason for that is, Denise, is the human-to-human connection. I didn't need 100,000 people. I needed a couple thousand people who actually felt like they had a relationship with me and felt like they knew me and felt like I cared about them. And I think that's the reason we were able to grow so quickly. And that's the, the gift that we want to give to entrepreneurs is this idea that it's not about huge communities. It's about relationships. And again, there's no one human in the world that can, can do that on their own without a team. And that's where, you know, the, the Social Sellers Academy comes into play is, you know, having that, having that person who's, who's well-trained, who is, you know, really focused on service and compassion and connection and solving problems, um, you know, that's, that's where the rubber hits the road and that's where the magic happens for a lot of people. So, um, you know, Kelly is known for disruption. It's her jam. Um, and, you know, I'm here as, as a sales expert who has spent my entire career doing this, looking to bring, you know, those big company strategies that worked in the traditional space to online entrepreneurs. Because I don't know if you see this a lot, Denise, and the people you, you interview is there's a lot of people that, you know, started the business for a myriad of different reasons. But for many of us, we started the business because of A, our passion of the work that, for the work that we do, B, because we want to make an impact, and C, because we want to be in control of our time, of our income, of, you know, location, whatever it is for everyone, it's different. But that true freedom doesn't happen if you are the only person who is, you know, running the sales calls in your business, if you are the only person who can be live on camera that your team wants to interact with, if you are the only person who can run a podcast interview for your brand, right, it will always be dependent on you. You know, so that the dream of like, I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going to go to Europe for two months this summer. It's just not possible because the business comes to a screeching halt. So that's really the the change that we're looking to make um, in the industry by helping entrepreneurs, you know, deploy a solid social sales strategy. Um, And additionally, we're actually really kind of looking to serve the traditional business who is trying to get on board with social selling as well, right? Your old school business that it was all about, you know, the local chamber of commerce and networking and, and, you know, speaking engagements and really helping them harness the power of social media as well. Um, you have to see me. I'm scribbling like crazy. I keep grabbing little index cards and making new ones because they're small. And I'm scribb. I'm, I'm just. Oh my god! I got to write that down. Here, here's a question. Somebody actually just sent this to me. Emailed it to me. I suspect they're in one of those groups that I just referenced. Um, wants to know. <laughs> in fact, I'm almost positive, which is a good thing. I'm. I'm glad they're listening. The sure. question is, I. I have a group or I'm in a group, well, she's saying she's in a group. I'm in a group where there really is no sales strategy, and you guys keep talking about Mm -hmm. sales strategy. Can a virtual assistant help me with that? And I'm thinking no, because they're not trained and they're not going to use strategies. So what do you think? Yeah, we get that question a lot, Um, and the answer is it depends. What is the skill set of the virtual assistant, right? So, you know, there's a lot of people that have a social seller or a community manager that's maybe a contractor. Denise, it doesn't necessarily work full-time for the business. Um, but to me, it's, it's is that a skill set they have? A lot of people, like, because one of the biggest questions we're getting right now is, okay, I, I hear you. I want one of those. Where do I find them, right? Like, right. a social seller, like, game on. I was just going to ask um, you, where do I find this person? Because it can't be me. I'm too busy. Right, absolutely. So, I mean, the answer to the question of the VA, there's a lot of people whose virtual assistants do start um, as VAs and then come up, and assess the skill set that they have. So the answer is totally. Like, if your VA is amazing and they love talking to people and they're great at connection and compassion and you want to train them how to, how to come up and do this, like, yeah, absolutely. But okay. oftentimes it's, it's the personality type of the person, right? Some VAs want to be VAs because they like to be behind the scenes, right? They like to be the person who, you know, dots the I's and crosses the T's and makes you look good. So for me, it's not so much, you know, totally could you have a contractor come into your business and, and wear the social seller hat? You absolutely can. It's the personality type of that person. Do they thrive in that environment of being, you know, I mean, it, they live on social media. You know, my team, they're on social media all day, every day, right? They're constantly in DM conversations. They're constantly on networking calls, sales calls, you know. I mean, it's, it's a sales role. So for me, it's not so much what's the title of the person. It's what's the personality type, what's the skill set uh, that they have. That's more important to me than whatever you call them. 
Great. And see, I would have said for a VA, no. And I spent some time in that industry, but it's been a while. And I don't really know what virtual assistants are doing these days. So that's, I'm glad you, you updated me on that. So what makes a great salesperson? I mean, we've talked a bit about it, but in this particular context, let's just give me an example of one or two of your, your great salespeople that you're just like, oh, my God, they're natural, they're great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some examples? Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, so for me, as far as just like contextually, what do I need to make sure, like I said before, when you're hiring a social seller, Janice, you want to make sure, A, that they like social media. Because, <laughs> again, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, yeah, like I, I love talking to people, but social media is a sound monster, and there is a lot of noise, as you have indicated in some of the Facebook groups that you're in. So mm-hmm. You do need somebody with the emotional maturity to be able to block out a lot of that noise and stay really focused on the objective, right, which is to serve our communities. Um, so those things are important. But, uh, you know, for me, I have um, one social seller who ran a photography business when she was young and then just decided, I don't, I don't want to make all the decisions anymore. I, I just I don't want to do this. I don't want to be an entrepreneur anymore. And so she's an excellent social seller because she knows how to talk to people. She knows how to solve problems. She gets business inherently, right, because she ran her own for several years. And she really is about, like, she just loves to help people and connect with people. So for her, like, coming out of that former business, business center was fantastic. Um, I have another sales rep who um, worked in a more traditional sales environment in, you know, the fashion industry and um, just got burned out, you know, and was just like, wanted, so loved sales, loved people, but wanted something virtual. So, you know, for her, that was a great fit. She had that sales experience. She knows very, was very comfortable asking for large sums of money, knows how to navigate an organization. So she's been a great fit. Um, another gal on my team, Denise, came from retail sales, right? We find like a lot of people coming from retail sales or even like restaurants and stuff like that, make excellent social sellers because, again, they're good at interacting with people. They're comfortable asking for money. They're, they're familiar with the idea of being on, I'm using air quotes, right, being on all the time. Um, you know, so they have turned out to be really great. And I know both in my company and, and Kelly's other companies, we have several people that, yeah, coming out of retail sales, coming out of restaurants that want to make, you know, wanted better hours and wanted the opportunity to make more money from home, um, you know, wound up being great fits as well. Um, And then I, you know, I've won my actually highest performing social seller. She was someone who had never had any interest in sales at all. And um, I was just like, I think you'd be really good at this. Like, let's just test it. And the example of like, she was part-time at first, she was just hourly contractor. And then within 90 days, we had her on full time. Um, Because again, she liked people. She liked social media. She liked to solve problems. She was fairly even keeled emotionally. So, you know, uh, sales has a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows. So even that emotional intelligence is important um, because if you have somebody that's, you know, constantly frustrated, that's, that's someone that's challenging to manage. So you do need someone who is somewhat even keeled emotionally in that, in that respect. Um, someone who's money motivated is always helpful, right? Sales are typically, you know, base plus commission roles. So somebody that's excited about the opportunity of, you know, I'm compensated for my wins. Um, that's always very helpful, but not mandatory, but helpful. Um, people that are, I like people that are, you know, highly, like just high performers in general. You know, people that, that are, so Kelly, this comes from Kelly and I, we both have athletic backgrounds, like some of the best salespeople I ever managed in my corporate experience were former athletes uh, because they just get it. They get the idea of training. They get the idea of we lose more than we win. Uh, you know, they, they, they've worked hard. They've, you know, blood, sweat, tears, they get it. So like that for me, I'm looking for that mindset, right? That person who, again, is money motivated, who has the emotional intelligence, who can stay relatively even keeled in the face of a somewhat volatile role, someone who gets hard work who, and, and who can handle that emotionally. I've heard that about um, athletes. Yeah, I've had several yes. people say they are the best clients, and you just you know mm-hmm. told us why, and it makes perfect sense. So, wh- when we're talking about social selling online, it is pretty different from s- traditional sales, which we've kind of touched on. But do you have any kind of ABC points that you'd like to share? Yeah. So to me, it's an evolution. It's not like the exact opposite. Um, you know, so old school sales, right? And I grew up in old school sales. We went to local networking events. We pulled doors. 
you know, we threw big parties to bring clients in and the client appreciation, and it was a lot of shaking hands and that sort of, you know, experience. And that's amazing. And if that's working in your organization, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. For me, again, it's an and, not an or, right? So it's not kill the traditional, you know, model that works. It's add in this additional opportunity because what social selling allows you to do is reach more people faster, right? And so, like, I can literally get onto Instagram right now and go find, you know, a bajillion people who are, you know, fit the criteria of my ideal client. And I can literally go and interact on their stuff and get to know them. And, you know, I can figure out who they are and what they believe in and what they're passionate about by just perusing their Instagram feed. And, you know, interacting, I can get their attention by interacting and engaging, and I can create that familiarity, um, and it just expedites the process, right? A process that was like, well, I've got to wait every week for my weekly chamber meeting, and then I've got to try to book the coffee, and everybody's schedules are crazy. And, you know, for me, social media just, it collapses the time that it takes to create that familiarity and build that relationship because we have so much more access to information. We, like I said, I, I can create that familiarity by just reading your newsfeed and then being like, hey, Denise, you know, I saw this, this, and this about you online. Or, hey, Denise, I love how passionate you are about this, this, and this. Or, hey, Denise, I listened to that podcast interview you did with Ryan Dowdy, and I just love about da 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 And we're just able to create that connection so much faster. And to me, that is the biggest difference in social selling and, and the traditional model. And like I said, depending on who's listening and where you're listening and what you're currently deploying in your business, Again, it's, 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 an, it's an and, not an or. Um, if, if one is working, you know, game on. Just adding in that social selling element um, is going to just help things move faster. And, you know, we have to talk about this. When the pandemic started over a year ago, the first three or four episodes of, of this particular podcast, mine, I avoided it because we were told, oh, three weeks, mm-hmm. you know. It's a right. year and some odd now. We cannot avoid how things have changed, how we're now right. executing sales, how we're now looking to connect with people. And listen, I agree with you. I cannot tell you how much I agree with you that people, it's a long game for many people mm-hmm. and they don't understand this, but you have to know, like, and trust somebody. These days we're not right. just splashing out money because oh, you said we should, or you had a really right. great copywriter who broke gorgeous stuff. It's like, "Mm, but I don't know you. No, I'm not going to do it. So things have definitely changed during this past year or so. And I think a lot of what you're talking about now absolutely plays into how we're Mm -hmm. going to operate going forward. So what are your thoughts about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The pandemic made social selling mandatory. I would say social selling was optional. Uh, a year and a half ago, right? You could just, and, and I also want to clarify that like in the beginning of my growing my first business, a lot of my clients came from in-person networking, from, you know, free speaking engagements in my community, because that's what I knew how to do, you know? So I'm not saying any of those things are wrong or bad. It's just, again, we have now learned that we don't have a choice. We can conduct an entire sales cycle via Zoom and phone and, you know, Facebook Messenger. And before, a lot of people would have just not believed that was possible, right? They're going to tell you, oh, my people aren't on social media or, you know, all the different, or I don't know how to use that or I'm not techie or whatever. It's not about that, right? Um, And we can still build that no like, and trust factor, um, but we do have to leverage tools that we're not as comfortable with, um, like Zoom or, you know, video chat or, you know, screen sharing, where we have to now screen share our, our decks and stuff because we can't do it in person. And, you know, so there's some adjustments that have to be made. But like I said, I think what, what the pandemic has done has made social selling mandatory instead of optional. But I also think what it has done is opened up opportunity for so many businesses that thought they could only serve their own backyard. Right? There are now so many businesses that used to be local businesses that can now serve. They're like, oh, wow. Well, yeah, now that I've taken off this, these blinders, like, no, I can do business all over the country or even all over the world because I can now access those people, build a relationship with them, and serve them um, completely virtually. So I think that the, the pros outweigh the cons, personally. Oh, I agree with you. When this started, once I realized that it wasn't going away, and I actually did have to start talking about it with my guests, because it's important. It's an important part of how we're all living these days. And then I started looking around and saying, 
Hmm. How do I connect even more? Because I have a podcast. I've been doing this for 13 years. I, I love, 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 love to meet people like you and Callie from all over the world each Monday and each Friday. And honestly, I have to tell you, I consider my guests to become my mentors. I learn so much from mm-hmm. you. And the gift that y'all bring is you teach my audience what you're teaching me. And it's it's a huge thing for me. I really look forward to this every week. Now I'm looking at, okay, how do I expand this? How do I mm-hmm. make – I don't know that my audience needs to become bigger. It's already pretty huge. But how do I get more information like yours out to a very hungry world? So we're mm-hmm. talking about that mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's everybody's question, right? How do we get this into more hands? And, you know, uh, again, six months ago, the answer was, you know, run more Facebook ads. Denise, just run right. traffic ads to your podcast. And now I think it's, it's very different. It's go talk to somebody, go build a relationship. Hey, Denise, you know, connect with all of your LinkedIn connections. Say, hey, Denise, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I host a podcast and I just interviewed this brilliant person who shared this, this, and this. And I would just love to share it with you. Can I send you over the link for the podcast? And again, just watch how many conversations that starts. Um, And then that person is sharing it with, I mean, you know this, obviously, as as a marketer and a podcaster, you know, that sharing, the person is sharing it with someone else and someone else and someone else. But they would not have had that same interest in listening to that podcast or reading that blog or watching that YouTube video if they didn't get that personal, that personal outreach. So again, for me, it's an and, not an or. It's not Facebook ads or social selling. It's Facebook ads and social selling, right? In the traditional media space, it's not, you know, networking or social selling. It's networking and social selling, right? So for me, it's, it's that human-to-human connection every time. That's how we get things into more hands is in a personal invitation. You're right, and I've noticed this because recently I've gotten a little bit lazy with my own personal outreach, just a ton of stuff going on, but no excuse. So my thinking was, and it was erroneous thinking, well, I'm posting it, you know, like this, I've already posted Mm -hmm. on Facebook, it's going to go to all of my platforms, but it's just, you know, it's going to be on LinkedIn, oh, you know, here's, here's blah, blah, blah. But once I got out of the habit of saying, listen, I had this terrific conversation with Ryan Dowdy. You've got to go listen to this. I think it'll, you know, she's got some information that could be really helpful to you. Once I stopped doing that or slowed down on doing that, it took a while because I live Mm -hmm. in a bubble, don't we all? I went, hey, nobody's asking me questions. What the heck? Well, you know, Hootsuite was doing its job, but I wasn't. Right. Mhm. Yes, I think that's so important. Is it's the and, right? But right. The biggest is now, Denise, that the the average life of a of a social media post is three hours. Is if it that long? Doing is re- On Twitter, I think <laughs> right? it's what three and a half seconds or something. It's, I, I it's can't. On Twitter, my brain doesn't even move that fast. No, I deleted um, Twitter. But yeah. Uh, we play on it because our people play on it, but it's not my favorite. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, three minutes, I mean, three hours, three hours versus a personal DM. And, yes, it, and we, the biggest one, another question that we get when I start talking about, like, personal human-to-human connection, I get these big eyeballs, and people are like, well, goodness, isn't this time-consuming? Like, yes, 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 it is. It but is. There, <laughs> but it's, you know, it, there's not better time to be spent. You know, I mean, what is better, what time can be better spent as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a person with a service that helps people than in conversation with potential clients? Like, how can you, how can you tell me that there's better time spent in your business? You know, and because, again, all the other fancy things that we could and should be doing, and don't get me wrong, like, I love content marketing, right? We're sitting here on a podcast having this conversation. Like, it, it, to me, it's, it's the and. It's then recording the podcast and making sure that people listen to it, right? It's producing the YouTube video and sending it out to a couple of people that you think it would be awesome for. And it's part of the process we actually teach um, inside of the academy is how to leverage content marketing as part of your sales process. Because, again, assuming that people are just going to find it in the news feed, you know, unless you are Marie Forleo or Amy Porterfield, they're not, 
right? If you are Joe Blow, like me, with my 440 Instagram followers, they're not going to find it in the newsfeed. We're going to have to go give it to them and pull them in, right? Instead of waiting for the content to go out to them, we need to pull them in um, and then get them consuming the content and then get them, you know, following along and, and being a part of your community and feeling like part of your world. But, you know, that three hours is all you've got. And so for me, it's, you know, it's with that human to human element, we extend that life of that social media post and we extend the life of our relationships. That's exactly right. And with this podcast, um, you know, I like to show my guests a lot of love, a lot. So when I post something, it's never a one and done. It's like, oh, hey, Ryan, thank you so much for being on my podcast. And See, I'll, you know, see you. You're going to see this podcast pop up multiple times over the next, I don't know, however many years. I mean, I just reposted one that I did with Larry Wingate eight years ago. It was an excellent podcast. It's out there again. So, but, but, and I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I'm realizing again that I have not taken the time out of my very busy schedule bad Denise mm-hmm. smacking my hand to make those those connections like hey Ryan I don't know if you know Larry Wingett but he's a terrific guy we talked a bit about what I think you were talking about you know earlier whatever it's going to be and I would mm-hmm. send that to you I have not been doing that and seriously I'm I'm just banging my head on the desk I don't know if you can hear me or not but I'm fixing to <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's it's the things that you leave behind out of your day that actually keep mm-hmm. you moving backwards instead mm-hmm. of moving forward. So I'm not going to leave that out of my day anymore. So thank you. Yeah, you are so welcome. And like I said, it, to us, it's literally part of the process that we teach in engagement is, is sharing those points of content because it does a lot of things, right? Content does help build relationships. It builds the no like trust factor. It's an instant value add. Um, but, you know, it's, it's mixing those two things together, and that's what social selling brings to the table um, and, and that human-to-human connection. Because, yeah, I mean, even sending that email, you know, out once a week, it's, it's awesome. But what if, what if that, that really awesome email goes out on Friday and, you know, Denise is on vacation? Missed opportunity because Denise is going to come back to 4 billion emails. Whereas right. if it's a personal personal invitation via a LinkedIn message or an Instagram message or a Facebook message where it's like, Hey, Denise, I was just thinking about you over the weekend. You know, I just wanted to send this to you. And again, for me, it's an, and we don't not, we don't not email the list. We email the list. And so like my, my team literally does have numbers and expectations and metrics around how many pieces of content that they're out there sharing with the world, because that's what builds the brand, right? Like, I'm not naive to that. You know, we need people to know who we are. We need to be synonymous with value and we need to be synonymous with sales training and we need to be synonymous with social selling. But so my team, literally that's a a metrics and a KPI that we, that we share regularly. And I'm glad you said metrics because you actually have a free metrics tracker for CEOs who are serious about creating unlimited business growth. So tell us very quickly where, where they can find that. And then I'll ask you again at the end of the show. Absolutely, absolutely. And I am going to get that phone number for you um, because I do not have it memorized, honest answer. Um, and I will give that to you in just a sec. I just pinged, I like literally just pinged a number of my team. I was like, give me that phone number because it's, it's a text phone number, um, which is another part of our social selling strategy that we're pulling in um, is text message marketing. Like that's becoming hotter and hotter as well. As people do feel, we were just talking about email. Um, as, you know, email being the, uh, you know, was the primary driver uh, outside of social media of, of marketing and getting in front of our audience and those types of things. Um, and, again, we, we love that. Don't get me wrong. We love it. Um, but, you know, text message marketing is becoming hotter and hotter as well um, as a way to get directly in, in contact with people. So this is, again, more the marketing side than the sales side. It's just my marketing team that runs the, um, the text message marketing and all those different things where we are intentionally, you know, leveraging text because the, the data is showing us that that's where people are, are, you know, would rather communicate, right? That's where they would rather, um, you know, get their information. So um, you, can type, you can text the word metrics to 816-744-1801. It's 816 
1801. We'll send you over that PDF. It has that metrics tracker in it. Um, there's also inside of that metrics tracker an opportunity to connect with a member of our team um, to actually show you how to use it. Uh, you know, we, that is something else that Kelly and I found in our quest um, to, you know, educate sales in general is um, that people aren't taking, there's no metrics, there's no KPIs, it's go sell something, right? Like when we hire salespeople, we just go sell something. And um, so the, the metrics tracker, for a lot of people, it's the first time they're really looking at metrics and numbers. So um, it's a very simple document, but it will change your life if you use it consistently. Great. Listen, you're very passionate. I'm loving listening to you because you're very passionate about CEOs having high-performing sales teams. Are they, I have to ask, is this something that CEOs are just now discovering? They maybe didn't know? They don't have a clue? What's going on? I mean, you're educating people, obviously. What are you finding that CEOs are like, what? What are you talking about? I, again, I think it depends on where they. So there, there's a there's a team of CEOs that are coming out of more traditional businesses, coming out of corporate spaces. That having a sales team is, you know, they get it right, 100%. Um, they get it. They know they want to have a sales team, but what they don't have, Denise, is the time, expertise, or energy to actually train a salesperson effectively. And I, saw I think that, that was my question. Yeah, you said it better. Yeah. I was trying to get there, and I couldn't quite make it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's two, there's two camps, right? There's the online entrepreneur camp, which we talked about earlier, right, who are like, what? I should have a sales team? And then there's the people who are like, I know that a sales team would make my life easier, but sales isn't my wheelhouse, right? Sales is not my jam. It's not my favorite thing. It's not my area of expertise. So how do I hire someone, train them, manage them, coach them to perform well? And it's just because, like as the CEO of your business, what I found for so many people is it just it's easy for you to sell. You're passionate about it. You get it. You you know it's it's your it's your heart, right? Your heart is what is selling, and it's going. You're going to have to transfer that to someone else on your team. So I think a lot of people are aware that hey, sales would make my life a heck of a lot easier, but that's just a monster I can't even wrap my head around. Or we have people. I've seen this. I've run into plenty of people that are like, well, I've hired a handful of sales reps, Ryan, and you know, they just, they just couldn't get the job done. But when we really dig in and we're like, well, tell me more about that, right? Tell me more, more about why they can't get the job done. Oftentimes it's because we didn't equip them to get the job done. You know, we gave them the instruction of go sell something. And we didn't give them the metrics. We didn't give them the KPIs. We didn't give them the blueprint. We didn't give them the how-to. We didn't give them the, the deep dive into really understanding our ideal clients and their pain points. We didn't give them the, you know, the numbers and the data that was important. Like there's new numbers coming out now that if it's a totally cold experience with a potential buyer, we're now looking upwards of 20 to 30 touch points. Denise, oh, 20 to 30 touch points. From to seven? get somebody's attention. What, didn't it used well, to be it was seven, seven or seven and a half or something? It was seven. And then lately, I, it's 12 to 16. And I was reading the other day that when it's totally cold, we're looking somewhere between 20 and 30 touches. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, because there's so many messages. Like, think about the consumption of social media these days is so huge that it just takes more attention more, more to get somebody's attention, right? There's so many people vying for it that it, it just takes longer because the number of messages that we are consumed with on any given day, and this is messages in the newsfeed, these are ads, these are DMs, these are emails, these are text messages, these are, you know, DMs and Slack and Troop and all the other places we're communicating with our teams, that the number is just so high that it, it just takes more to cut through the noise. And most people aren't equipped with, what does that even look like? Like, how would I even get in front of a person that often? Like, what should I say? What should I do? What's considered valuable? Like, what's the strategy to, to do that without being, you know, annoying or without being too aggressive? What's that balance? And so a, a lot of people don't, don't know that because, again, as the CEO of your business, you're, you sell with heart. You're getting a lot of maybe referrals or introductions or your social proof is selling for itself, but you know, a sales team really needs that level of support and that level of guidance to be successful. And most people just aren't equipped to do that. It's just not something we think through. Um, and, and again, I, I can speak from experience having seen it in so many organizations where they want to, you know, they, they want to be successful, but they just don't have the things in place to, to really arm the person. 
And I love that you're talking about strategies. One, This is a strategy that I'm seeing a lot in LinkedIn, and it's badly taught. I don't know where it's coming from. But all of a sudden, I'm getting, hey, can I pick your brain messages? No. Oof. You cannot. <laughs> so, and I'm not going to even right. go down that road with people. But what, I mean, and I'm sure you've seen this, particularly in LinkedIn, mm-hmm. There will be just a whole glut of the same messaging all over the place. And you know they're getting it from some webinar they took or some coach. And that will stop. And then the next big wave, and it's all identical stuff. Those are not strategies. That's bad. That's bad stuff. So don't do that. So let's talk about what you should do again so you don't, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. just don't. For starters, I mean, I've gotten to where I hate to open up LinkedIn. It's like, oh, geez, because Mm -hmm. now I have to be an adult and not tell people to go pound sand. I have to be polite. (laughs) Although I want to say. You don't have to. It's not a requirement. (laughs) I try. So so what do you tell people that are doing this? You know, I think they're not thinking. They're like, oh, if I can just get her attention. And it's a one shot. I'll just say, no, thank mm-hmm. you. I had one guy, he came back again this morning. Okay, if you don't want to do that, how about this? Dude, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to mm-hmm. have to get ugly mm-hmm. with him, I'm afraid. But well, yeah. I guess I guess my real question, Ryan, is why don't people think these through logically and put themselves on the other side of that door? Like you compounding at mm-hmm. my door, I'm probably not going to open it. In fact, I know I'm not going to open right. it. But if I know you're coming and what to expect, I'll give you a cup of coffee. Why don't people yeah. take the steps and say, how would I like this? If somebody did this mm-hmm. to me, how would I like it? What's going on with that? Yeah, it's a great question. And the shortest answer I can think of is a lot of it is coming from unrealistic expectations uh-huh. of leadership that is causing sales reps and sales teams and ultimately entrepreneurs to try this spray and pray mentality of this Ooh, idea like of you've got to, got to get X number of messages out and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And so they're like, well, how am I going to get through this? And so if the metric is I need to get 100 DMs out in a day, you know, there's no time for personalization. There's no time for relationship. There's no time. It's literally a numbers game. And I believe Kelly and I both strongly believe business is two things. It is people and it is numbers. But if you put the numbers before the people, you'll fail every time. Right? So, yes, there is a certain amount of numbers required to be successful because the data does show us that at any given time, only 3% of our market is actually ready to purchase, like ready to buy. So we we do need to, to look at the numbers, but we have to slow down and we have to look at the people. And I think the reason that they're not doing that is that they're, they're hoping that the numbers work for them. It is less painful to send out 100 copy and paste messages and check that, that thing off the list than it is to say, you know what, today I'm actually only going to send out 30 messages, but I'm going to take three to five minutes with every single message that I send out, and I'm going to personalize it. I'm going to go look at their profile first, and I'm going to say something interesting, and I'm going to use their name, and I'm going to spell it right because it's Ryan with two N's. I get a whole lot of not spelled right. Um, <laughs> You know, and that sort of stuff, and actually taking time to read some of the content that I shared or pop open a LinkedIn article or pop up my podcast and take the three minutes to pull out something personal. It's just, hey, I listened to your podcast the other day, and I love what you said about this, this, and this. And, hey, here's the reason why I'm ultimately reaching out. And doing it in a human way versus – and my, my second part of that is never say anything in a DM that you wouldn't do in person. And if I met Denise at a networking event, I would never walk up to you and be like, hi, Denise, let me tell you how amazing I am and how great I am and all the cool things I do. And here's the link to my calendar. Would you like to chat? No. no. He's like, hey, Denise. That happens. What do you do? I've seen it happen. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is the, the ultimate LinkedIn message, right? And so that's why I tell my team and I tell the people that we train, it's so easy to stand out. All you have to do is take, it, take two seconds and make it about the other person. And it will get you there. So so you can't move as fast. You're not going to get as many messages out, but your response rate will be significantly higher. You will find yourself in exponentially more productive conversations 
if you take the time to do the research. And, you know, I, I guess laziness is the shortest answer that I have for you. It's either laziness or unrealistic expectations from a sales leader as to what somebody can accomplish in a day and do it well. And I'm so glad you brought up podcasts because this has happened a couple of times, well, more than a couple of times, but just recently it happened again where I'll get – I'll get an email from somebody, their podcast booker, and they want to have so-and-so come on my on my podcast, and I'm always happy to interview most people, but they're referring to somebody else's podcast, or it's a topic that I have zero interest in, and I've gone back and said, you know, thank you for thinking of my podcast, but I'm not sure who you listened to. It wasn't me. Oh, no, 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 sorry. And then I get the same email, but this one, you know, time with the, the corrected information. Right. So they're, they're jobbing it out, as far as I can tell. They're making a template. Yeah. They're just, you know, putting in the right name, the right information, and not doing a good job of it. And that leaves a bad taste. I mean, just be careful. Well, yeah, it's, it's, remember, we've, we've mentioned several times, Denise, the no like, and trust factor. Right. Right. Trust instantly lost, instantly lost. Like you couldn't even be bothered to like spell my name right or look <laughs> at the name of my podcast or, you know, and what, so it's lost trust at that point. And so like for me, that's why the personalization is so important. And I really, really hammer this home with my team and the clients that we coach is yes, this will be a little bit slower, but even if they ignore every message you ever sent to them and they never get back in touch with you, they're never going to be able to say, oh, well, that Ryan girl, she's in my inbox all the time. She has no idea what I do. She's super, like, I'd rather than be like, man, that girl's persistent. I have no interest in what she's selling, but she's good. You know, like, where, where do you want to be? You know, which, which conversation do you want happening about you? And, you know, that, that's ultimately what, you know, we hope to change is the idea that the conversation is, hey, thank you for your outreach. I appreciate your persistence, but I'm not interested. It's so much better than get the heck out of my inbox, never message me again. You don't even know what you're talking about. You know, like it makes the rejection a lot easier when your outreach is, is, is better. Exactly. And honestly, everything you're talking about I find fascinating, but what I'd like for you to, we've got about three minutes, tell people what the Social yeah. Selling Academy is and how you help. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's listening is probably going, oh, geez, oh, geez, oh, geez, I need this. I didn't know this. Oh, geez, where do I go? How can you help? Yeah. Them? Absolutely. So the Social Sellers Academy is, um, it's a six-month intensive sales training program, Denise. We're actually training live five days a week. So we actually train wow. and coach live five days a week. So because, again, this goes back to the athlete, right, and the idea of mastery, right? Mastery takes 10,000 hours, and we have got to train for business like athletes train for sport, and we can't do that in a weekly coaching call, right? Sales are happening every day. Our teams are in the DMs every day. They're coming across situations every day. They need support every day. So it's actually a six-month coaching program where we are um, we're coaching live every day, and we give you access to the daily sales on-demand um, system training, which is all, you know, done at a membership site. And then for our CEOs, we have to do a biweekly CEO check-in as well. So our CEOs are getting support on things like metrics and KPIs and numbers. So um, the program is designed for a CEO plus a member of their team, um, but we have just CEOs um, who want to master this and then program it first because we help you set up your sales system in your business for that person who would ask, like, hey, can I have a VA do this? You know, 100%, you can really have anyone do it who has the skill set, but you want to make sure that, that your sales system is set up, that you have those standard operating procedures in place, and so we, we train on that as well. I love that you guys found a very nice. real need and just jumped in and started mm-hmm. taking care of it. That's how you do business. You identify the need, you're passionate about it, you're good at it, and you help other people. That's how you do business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Across the board, right? And again, sometimes you've got to disrupt an industry and do some education, which is where we're at right now. But um, we're having a lot of fun, and our clients are getting great results. And um, I get to do work that I love every day, which is work with sales teams and help them become, you know, the best possible salespeople they can be. And it's a lot of fun. Exactly. Ryan, we've got 60 seconds. Tell people again where they can find you before I let you go. Absolutely. You can follow us on Instagram at Social Sellers Academy. You're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. I love to connect. Um, And then, of course, you can can text the word METRICS to 816-744-1801. It's 816-744-1801, and we'll send you a a PDF um, of of our metrics tracker. 
Perfect. Ryan, thank you so much. It's been absolutely wonderful speaking with you. And I have to tell you, my head is kind of on fire. I feel like I need to be patting my curls down and making sure there's nothing smoking up there. I'm seriously <laughs> going, whoa. <laughs> it's just so, I've been scribbling like crazy. I'm going to have to try to decipher what I just was, was so fascinating to me. But thank you. It has been wonderful speaking with you. And I thank you for all of the terrific tips and advice that you've shared with our audience. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes. Honestly, anywhere else you consume your business podcast, we're an Audible, Stitcher, just anywhere you go, there we are. Just look for your partner in Success Radio and take us along on your success journey. Ryan, thank you. Thank you, Denise. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. 